Hello and welcome to the next episode of the It Is Well podcast. This is episode eight and we are looking at the part two of our relationship series and this one is called In A Relationship and I have my very special gorgeous wife with me. Hello. That's Rachel. Um, she can say more than hello, I promise. Uh, first off, before we make a start, I just want to make a couple of shout outs. Uh, this first one's to a guy called Kadeem Edwards from Toronto, Canada, and his podcast is called The Quantum Breakdown. It's very, very good. It looks at theological words that I didn't even know existed. Uh, Rachel's listened to a few as well. She loves them. And it just breaks down that word and gives you a real good knowledge on what that word means. It's so, so good. So I really recommend that you listen to that. That's uh, The Quantum Breakdown. I'll post that as well as a link on my story um so yeah listen to that and the second one is called the made plain podcast which is a couple of girls in the states i'm not sure which state they're from sorry girls uh, their names are olivia and madeline and what they do is they look at films and then break them down and look at it from a christian perspective so that's a very good one to listen to um, like i said i'll tag both of them in my story um, so you can get direct links to their pages where you can listen to them. So yeah, we're gonna crack on with this episode. Uh, the way it's gonna work is we're currently doing a Facebook Live um, and an Instagram Live, doing a Q&A, and I'm gonna take the best questions and the best kind of discussions that Rachel and I have and make an episode out of them. So the episode you are listening to right now is the Q&A. So I hope you enjoy it. The first question we have is, how do you know if you're ready? and that ready is ready for a relationship. And I guess the thing is, um, there is never a time where you're 100% fully ready because you should always be working on yourself, which is what we discussed in the first episode of Singleness. You should always be working on yourself to improve yourself, to make yourself um, into a, a better person. Not that you're not good enough, but in life we can always be better. We can always be stretching ourselves for more. We can always be challenging ourselves to learn more um, and to just be more awesome than we already are. Um, so that whole thing like, are you ready? Um, there's, you can not be ready if that makes sense. You can get to a point where you're definitely not ready, uh, which if you're at that place now, then I encourage you to take some time out to yourself and spend, make the most of that time to yourself as well, to think about um, a lot of things and kind of reflect on a few things and to um, use the, the cheesy cliche to find yourself. Um, and the way that as a Christian, I find myself is by finding Christ. Um, but I appreciate not everyone listening to this is a Christian. So um, if you're not, then you will find yourself in a different way. Uh, but yeah, so with that question, how do you know if you're ready? I would say knowing you're ready is just when you feel at peace. You get that kind of thing and you know. Um, and I know that's really frustrating. And there was a time when people would always use the phrase, oh, when you know, you'll know. When you find the one, you'll know. Um, and I used to just want to punch their lights out because it used to annoy me so much um oh when you know you'll know it's like yeah all right um but when i met rachel it was that whole yeah i know um and then i felt guilty for thinking ill of them um in the first place so yeah um with that whole how do you know you're ready i think it sounds a bit annoying and this isn't really a good answer but i think you just know that you're ready but you cannot be ready um, and I think the same comes for when Rachel and I had Aoife. Um, there was never really a right time to have a baby um, because a baby changes your life massively. It changes it financially, changes it practically, relationally, um, sleepily. It changes everything. <laughs> it literally changes your life. Um, but 
there was definitely times where um, it was not right. Um, but there are times where it gets more right. Does that make sense? Hopefully that makes sense. Rachel, do you want to add to that at all? <laughs> I, th- I was just going to say the same. I think it's... I- I've never been in the position where I've not known if now I'm ready. Like, I've always known I was ready for something. And I... Um, like, I remember on our wedding day, in the morning, I was, like, so relaxed and so super chilled. Like, I knew that I was ready for, for the next step. And I think if you... I mean, I would wonder if anyone questions if they're ready, I'm going to guess they might not be because, I don't know, my experience has always been that I've I've known when I'm ready for something, so that's all I would add to it. What is the difference between Christian dating and worldly dating? So, um, as you know, like a lot of our standpoint comes from a Christian perspective on things, um, but we've got loads of friends who aren't believers and so um we've kind of seen a bit of both and both of us have had relationships that would definitely be the more worldly side than the christian um side of things and i think the main difference is probably um i mean it's going to be about your kind of priorities in life um and it's probably also going to be a little bit of the order that things are done um so with priorities um there's uh, a really good, uh, I guess, like a image that you would use of a triangle. So in a relationship, you've got God at the top of the triangle and you've got um, your your couple at, at the lower points of the triangle. And so the idea is that God is always kind of the, the centre point and the, the kind of one that's above the relationship and the relationship kind of sits underneath it and you're all e- equidistant to each other. Um, so that's the main thing about priority is I think with a Christian relationship there's going to be that emphasis on you might go to church together you would worship together pray together um, and that understanding that love for God comes before um, love for your partner or you know before anything else in life so uh, that's one of the big differences the other one I guess is like the order of things so um, I guess people with say that Christians are probably more traditional in the order that they do things in their relationship you know they might meet they might date then um, become a couple and then get married live together have children perhaps um, and that would be kind of the traditional slash Christian order of doing things and in worldly relationships I think that that order kind of is is thrown into disarray and um, and things are done in a, a different way which you know we've seen happen and it can work out really well in the end um but i think along the way sometimes there are a few awkward moments um with that and i you know we see some people where they struggle with commitment we see um situations where it's difficult they've had um maybe a baby before they they plan to things like that that kind of throw it all out of out of the order that a christian relationship would do things I'm wondering what your thoughts are on how to argue healthily. How do you use disagreements and tough situations to still get the best out of each other and learn to get closer from it? That is such a good question, um, simply because 
everyone argues. Um, every relationship has their arguments. Every relationship has their ups and their downs. Um, and if you don't, then I would question kind of like, how are you doing this? Um, are you kind of super, some sort of superhuman? Um, first of all, I want to take it to the Bible. Um, and in Ephesians 4.26, it says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are angry. So with that, um, one thing that Rachel and I find in our, our relationship is when we bicker, uh, we don't argue. We've I don't, we've never had a shouting match. We've never shouted at each other. We've never raised our voices at each other um, because we're not that kind of people. Um, we're, we're too chilled for that. Um, but there are times when it gets to nighttime and we're like, oh, but the Bible says that we can't let the sun go down if we're in a disagreement or if we're we're angry. And like I said, we don't get angry, but you, for the for the sake of this question, you see what I'm saying. Um, we're like, but the Bible says we can't go to bed because we're in the middle of a bicker, in the middle of a disagreement, we can't. Um, but then you've got to realize, hang on, are we arguing because we're tired? In which case we probably should go to bed. And we've done that before where we've, um, We've had a bit of a bicker before bedtime and we're like, right, let's just go to bed because we're both tired. And you wake up in the morning and you think, what was I even arguing about? Um, what were we even arguing about? Um, and one thing that we definitely do do, <laughs> do do, is <laughs> that um, when we go to bed, we always kiss each other and we always say we love each other. No matter what mood we're in, no matter what each other's done during that day to upset each other, we always say, good night, I love you, kiss. We don't say the kiss, we do the kiss. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if, I'm not sure if that makes sense, but also just to um, expand on your question about arguing healthily, um, you shouldn't seek an argument. Um, you shouldn't try to cause an argument, but if there's a disagreement, um, then it's important that you address the, the disagreement. Uh, me and Rachel, we've got these two armchairs where we often sit, um, and if we if we need to have a, a discussion like that, if we need to have a, a, a chat, then we sit in these chairs and we get a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or whatever, and we just sit and we talk it through. Um, and then once we've come through the other side, we'll sit and we'll be like, okay, so how can we grow from this? How can we... Um, how can our relationship improve from this and also how can we improve as, as individuals and also another scripture where it's talking about love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast um the key that we take from that for our relationship is in that scripture it says love keeps no record of wrong so we never ever bring up the past and we never say oh yeah well you did that last time you did that you've done that before we don't do that um because that just doesn't get anyone anywhere um so we never bring up the past um there are times where we'll be like, well, this has happened before. And if it's a reoccurring thing, then it is something that needs a little bit more um, concentration when it comes to addressing that issue. But when it comes to arguing, everyone does it. Um, and it's your mindset on that argument. It's kind of when you come when you're when you've gone out the other side and the dust has settled, where how are you going to approach it? in hindsight are you gonna sit and talk about what you said some of it comes from red mist some of it you say you shoot from the hip and you say it and you don't really mean it it's just your anger speaking um that's how it works sometimes um and some of it it's actual truth coming out and it's actually how you feel that you wouldn't normally say so yeah it's important that if you do have an argument um that you sit down and you have a little debrief if you have an armchair or somewhere you sit down and you have a chat and you um have a think and um yeah and sit and ask each other, how can we improve? How can we grow? How can we learn from this argument? Anything to add? Uh, yeah, I would add one thing. 
um, and that is just that I um, work in a therapy service when I'm not on maternity leave and um, I asked one of our couples counsellors one day what is the main thing that couples come into counselling for like is it um, like uh, over like money issues is it over um, adultery is it over you know all sorts of things I said what is the main thing that couples come in um, therapy for do you know what the answer was what communication I know it sounds really cheesy but communication is the the biggest reason that people come to therapy um, as a couple because they just have lost that ability to communicate through an argument or lost that ability to communicate their own feelings um, so what the couples counsellors will actually spend most of their time doing is just helping people communicate more effectively um, so things like just making sure you talk about someone's behaviour rather than them like it's not that you are an idiot or you are lazy is that what you've done has frustrated me has upset me um and i know it's just these it's just these little tweaks of words but honestly like in the heat of the moment they make such a difference to say like actually just when you did that this is how it affected me rather than you are this or you are that um and be vulnerable with it so just saying like actually i was really upset by this or that really frustrated me and i'm just being vulnerable and open here and sharing that with you because people can't argue with that people can't argue with your feelings about something you know if something has happened and made you feel a way they can't argue that it's, it, it, it is what it is and if they've got compassion for you and love for you then they'll be willing to chat that out so communication i know it sounds really cheesy but honestly like we could all get so much better at it and i think that's the healthiest way to argue <laughs> do you ever take time apart from each other like when there's an argument, how do you handle that time when you are both upset? Um, I think we probably react differently. I like to be on my own uh, more than Rachel. Um, I go fishing quite a lot, so I'm very like, I have to be on my own. I can tell when I need a fishing trip. People around me can tell when I need a fishing trip. Uh, my pastor uh, recently said to me, Mark, I think it's time to go fishing. And that was great, because then I could go home and say to Rachel, <laughs> Pastor Daniel has told me to go fishing. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm the one, I'd say out, out of Rachel and I, I'm the more kind of solo-minded one. I love to spend time on my own. Uh, Rachel does as well, but probably me a bit more so, because um, I get very agitated when I'm always um, around people. I'm a people person, I love people, um, but there are times when it gets a little bit too much. And especially like um, coming back to your the main part of your argument, um, uh, sorry, not your argument, your question. Uh, when there's an argument how do you handle that time when you're both upset there comes a point in an argument we don't get it that often because we're not aggressive people we're not um we're not um high tension people that we have to walk away there's a point where you have to kind of take a breath and be like ah and you walk away um and because otherwise you end up saying saying things you don't mean um you end up doing things you don't want to do uh, so yeah there is a time where you have to take your your time apart just have a, a breather um i often i'll just go upstairs and just lay on the bed and just listen to music or flick through my phone or have a sleep literally have a nap and then come back a nap solve everything solve everything <laughs> jesus had a nap on a boat when there was a storm going on so i think if we can learn anything from that it's have a nap in a tough time and it, it solves everything how would you bring jesus into a relationship where only one of you is christian 
Now this, um, this topic and this question is one that can be quite hard for some people um, simply because it's a, a crunch moment. It's kind of this way or that way and in some respects. And I'm just gonna share a quick story with me. And I was in a relationship for a couple of years and um, that relationship was, it was fun. Uh, I thought I loved her, but the truth was I was just in love with the, the idea of being in love. And she wasn't a Christian. And I, I was, uh, but my faith ended up kind of, it went stale uh, because my focus was elsewhere and I was distracted um, and I was looking elsewhere. And um, it kind of got to a point where I was thinking, okay, well, if, if Christ is where my identity lies and this person is taking me away from Jesus, then something's got to go. Um, and I knew it couldn't be Jesus. So I ended up having to break away from that relationship of two years um, to draw nearer to Jesus. Um, and the result of that was that I found a whole new church family. I found a deeper revelation of who Jesus is. Um, and long story short, I found Rachel. Um, so you look at that, if I hadn't made that decision then, then I wouldn't be with Rachel now and we wouldn't have Aoife. Um, but please, I want to make it clear, I'm not telling you um, that that relationship needs to come to an end. I'm not telling you what you should or shouldn't do. Uh, but that was just something that I felt God telling me to do. And bringing Jesus into that relationship, the best way to do it is, and this sounds a bit silly, be Jesus. Love them like Jesus. Um, demonstrate who Jesus is. Um, rather than just read the Bible, rather than it be your faith, share it with them. Like, so if you've got worship music, listen to it out loud. Um, listen to the Bible out loud. Watch Christian films together. There's so many good Christian films out there. There's one at the moment called um, The Chosen, which is really, really good. I think it's called The Chosen and it's really, really good. Um, so I encourage you, if you are in that position where one of you is Christian, one of you isn't, then um, watch that together and love them like Jesus. Be There's scriptures that talk about us being Jesus' hands and feet in this world and to love our neighbour. Um, and for this for this instance, your, your boyfriend or girlfriend is kind of that neighbour that you're supposed to be loving like Jesus. And then it's that witness that will end up bringing them to Christ. And there's loads of people that I know that if I rams Jesus down their throat and spoke to them all the time about Jesus, they would run away. They would be completely put off. Um, so what I do and what Rachel and I do is we we love them like Jesus. So we, we think about them, we meet their needs. Um, we constantly, we pray, think, how can we bless them? How can we help them? What can we do um, practically to um, be an example of faith to them and to evangelize to them? So with that in a relationship sense, um, it's important to, to know um, where, know who you are as well. So knowing that when you're with a non-Christian, um, that it doesn't take you away from Jesus. There's a great analogy and I wish we could act it out right now, um, but we're not going to because I'm getting pins and needles being sat like this. But um, it's where you've got two people and you're on a chair. One, of, one person stood on the chair and they represent the Christian and the non-Christian is stood on the floor and the Christian has to um, hold the hand of the non-Christian and pull them up onto the chair with them. Now, the, it is possible to do um, but it's hard. It's hard for the Christian to pull the person up onto the chair with them. Um, and it's easier for the non-Christian to pull the Christian down. Um, so it's not saying that it's impossible. It's just saying it's easier for it to go the other way. So I would encourage you to not let your faith be affected. To keep focused on Jesus. Know who you are in him. Don't compromise your beliefs. Talking about what we were saying earlier uh, with the values and the morals of Christianity. Don't compromise your faith. Um, 
and know that know who you are in him. What would you say to young people in a relationship who aren't able to see their significant other in this crisis and possibly struggle to maintain the steadiness of the relationship? I would say, uh, to put it bluntly, um, this current crisis will either make or break your relationship. It will go one way or the other, and whatever whatever way that goes, you have to trust um, that that was the best for you. Uh, I, I saw one of the one of the first um, public addressings on the the news, um, the 5 p.m. news broadcast that they do asked a similar question, saying that okay, two people who are supposed to be self-isolating, they. Um, they live in separate houses, they date, they meet up in public, are they allowed to hold hands and are they allowed to kiss? And the lady who was answering the question simply said, if they can't go this period without holding hands, then their relationship isn't built very well. Um, and going back to what Rachel and I said about the foundation, um, it's this time where you realise that the, what the relationship is made of, whether it's on the rock or whether it's on not, not the rock. Um, and I know that can, that may say, seem a little bit kind of uh, harsh way to answer that it will be make or break, but it's true. And I guess if you're a Christian, um, then you need to just remember and just pray and just be like, just say to God, if this is your will for me and this person to be together and for us to last, uh, then give us the strength to get through. And I believe that he will. Because if you, if you genuinely care about each other, then this period of time um, will will be nothing especially if, if you're both in it for the long run and Rachel and I spoke in our previous podcast um, the previous episode about um, expectations and about setting out what you want from the relationship from the very start so if you're dating and you've got and you're dating with intent to get married therefore you're dating with the intent intention to spend the rest of your lives together then these this time of lockdown and this time of um, social isolation um, it's just a speck. It's just a, a minute in comparison to the rest of your lives together. So I would just encourage you to just keep going, keep in contact, video calls, send photos of what you're up to. Um, you can play games on, on Facebook Messenger and things like that. Uh, just keeping fun, fun little things like that. Um, but obviously make sure that you are paying attention to the government guidelines. So don't meet up and don't um, come within two meters. Um, yeah, but I'm not going to be Boris Johnson about this. I'm not going to tell you what you should and shouldn't do because you should know that anyway. <laughs>